0: Hello, and welcome to the Daily Grind podcast, Ministry of Faith Baptist Church. It's a daily podcast Monday through Friday on our daily walk with Christ. It's hosted by Stephen and Andy Bitsko, myself. Today we're going to be using our Bibles as well as the uh, 365 Days of Spurgeon Devotional. If you don't have a Bible readily available, you can download the Logos Bible software at logos.com. You can also purchase the 365 Days of Spurgeon Devotional However, we will be changing curriculums in the next week, so that's probably not a good idea unless you plan on doing this devotional on your own as well. May 20th,
1: the hope of a future bliss. The hope Mm -hmm. of a future bliss. Mm -hmm. Spurgeon's (laughs) preached this in uh, the year 1855, Andy, Mm -hmm. since you're a historian. What was going on during 1855?
0: You know what? I don't know.
1: Okay, all right. <laughs> no clue. I thought i will just throw that at you right no, now.
0: Nothing off the top of my head.
1: Nothing? No. Okay.
0: no. No major wars. No. Pretty sure some state was bought at that period of time. I really don't know. Okay, all right.
1: Carrying on. Our first text for this day is <laughs> Revelations. I'll do this one. Revelations chapter 7, verses 13 through 17. And you could pause the podcast, you could just wait, and I could just talk here until you find it in your Bible, I can hear you turning the pages right now, or rubbing, do you rub a finger across the screen, or you swipe the finger across the screen, is that what you're supposed to do? Well, if you're using a computer,
0: I wouldn't imagine, no, you'd be using your mouse.
1: Yeah, so you're clicking on the screen, not across the screen. Okay. Okay. That's enough time. Revelations chapter 7, verse number 13 through 17, 13 is, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes Wow! All right.
0: the text that we're going to be reading today is from a sermon named <clears throat> the hope of future bliss delivered on sabbath evening may 20th 1855 by the reverend charles spurgeon at exeter hall in strand and the excerpt is he will be satisfied the psalmist says when he wakes up in god's likeness satisfaction This is another joy for the Christian, when he shall enter heaven. Here we are never thoroughly satisfied. True, the Christian is satisfied from himself. He is within which... That's a weird sentence. He has that within which is a wellspring of comfort, and he can enjoy solid satisfaction. But heaven is the home of the true and real satisfaction. When the believer enters heaven, I believe his imagination will be thoroughly satisfied. All he has ever thought of of he will... All he has ever thought of he will there see. I don't understand that sentence. Every holy idea will be solidified. Every mighty conception will become a reality. Every glorious imagination will become a tangible thing that he can see. His imagination will not be able to think of anything better than heaven... And should he sit down through eternity, he would not be able to conceive of anything that should outshine the luster of that glorious city. His imagination will be satisfied. Then his intellect will be satisfied. Then shall I see and hear and know all I desired or wished below. Who is satisfied with his knowledge here? Are there no secrets we want to know? depths of the secrets of nature that we have not entered but in that glorious state we shall know as much as we want to know the memory will be satisfied we shall look back upon the vista of past years and we shall be content with whatever we endured or did or suffered on earth there on a green and flowery mount my wearied soul my wearied soul shall sit and with transporting joys recount the labors of my feet Hope will be satisfied if there be such a thing in heaven. We shall hope for a future eternity and believe in it, but we
1: shall be satisfied as to our hope continually. Mm. It was brought from, Charles Spurgeon brought this in his text of Psalms 17, verse number 15. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when awake with thy likeness. You know, Andy. Charles Spurgeon was talking there, and we just, uh, right before that, we had scripture, Revelation, and, uh, you know, really, we have to take in consideration, while we're walking on this earth right now, really, it's all worth it. It's all worth it, no matter what struggle we go through, no matter what pain we may receive, what element of sickness we may overcome, whatever monetary value we may have, we, as a Christian, can say it's worth it. No matter what blessing we receive, no matter what honor we bestow, no matter what achievement we have, it is worth it. And what's worth it is, We're going to be in that glorious city of heaven and that in that place where we're going to be and in rejoicing and in fellowship with Jesus Christ himself and all the other believers. And, you know, sometimes we have to take in respect that while we're here on earth, we need to dwell and think about what's our future. And this, home, this place we call home right now is, oh, for such a short time. We're just going to be here just a little bit of time compared to what we're going to have for eternity. And we have to keep our focus upon Christ and, our, and the gift we received of eternal life and spending time with him in heaven. And we, And I know me personally, I sit here and I sit and think, about all the different people I'll be able to see, all the the Joshuas and all the Moseses and all the Davids and all the people and all the uh, Peters and all the uh, Timothys and all the Pauls and all the apostles and all those people that I'll see up there in heaven that I'll be able to interact and be able to discuss. And, you know, maybe I won't have uh, such deep biblical discussion that i'm thinking about here on earth because i'll probably be so happy there and i'll probably be so fed with the food (laughs) that's going to take place that you know i just you know just to keep us in focus of what's what's to come for us as the christian and how we should rejoice into what's coming and given towards us but also on the other hand for the for the Christian, I mean for the non Christian, for the one that doesn't believe in Christ, all you have to look forward to is really a judgment. A judgment of you being in written in the book of life or not having your name there. And not having your name there is cast away to hell. And how harsh that sounds and how it breaks my heart that there are still people today, still people on this earth, still parts of the world today that have not accepted Jesus Christ. And so many times, and no matter what great of technology we have, no matter how common the name Jesus Christ is, still there is a person of heart and of heart and a mind that refuses to accept Him as their Savior. It's how so easy it is to accept Him as a Savior. And looking into our, our study Charles Spurgeon brings out that the difference between now and then is beyond our finest imaginations which I thought which I which I explained but also in 1 Corinthians chapter 13:12 it tells us for now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face now I know in part but then shall I know even as also I am known, if we go to first John chapter three, verse number two, it says, "Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he ha- when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and I want to talk about this lowercase. S and sons of God. If you have a King James version, it'll be a lowercase S in sons of God. And those sons are the believers. Those sons are the ones that accepted Jesus Christ. And that from this verse, we have the honor of being a son of God, a lowercase son of God. And with that, we get the inheritance of God. Now let's just stop and think about what is the inheritance of God. What does God have to pass on to his sons? It is an amazing thing if you think, sit here and think about it. It's really everything. It's really the joy, the perfection, everything. And that's what we have. The Bible says the sons of God. There is, the Bible talks also about the regeneration, the rebirth, the inheritance that we have. We're adopted by God. We are, are you, do you have a father? Do you have a mother? Yes, but you also have the greatest heavenly father that you can call Abba to directly and you have the rewards that will be passed down to you. You know, a lot of times a Christian just looks, looks at things as I checked that box, I got saved. And what Andy and I are going to discuss in the next following week, there's a lot more to your Christian life than just checking a box. There's a lot more joy in knowing where you stand as a Christian and what is spoken of through the word of God as being a Christian, have, do you know you're a son of God? Do you, real, do you know that? When you accepted Jesus Christ, do you know you are now a son of God and you, ex, you have his inheritance? That's amazing. It amazes me that we have that Father that's preparing a place for his children for us in heaven. He's preparing that place for us. As we are down here, no matter what social economical status you're in, no matter what social status you're at, no matter where you how much suffering you have right now, how much heartache you may have, how your heart is broken, you are a son of God and one day you're going to be in heaven with him. One day you're going to have a mansion for you. One day you're going to be sitting at the supper's, the supper of the lambs, you're going to be sitting at the table with him. Do you know that that's a position of royalty? To be able to sit at the table to eat with the king? Not just any king, but the king of kings? Does that just stir up your heart a little bit? Just knowing that that's what you're going to have? It is amazing. And I, I, I I want this podcast to be a specific purpose for the Christian to rejoice and know it may be rough right now. And it may be tough. And you may be hurting. You may be dying. You may be broken. But listen to these words once again. First John chapter 3, verse number 2. Beloved, he loves us. Now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. We don't know what's going to happen to us. We don't. We don't. But we have a positive knowing that, but we know that, this is what we know, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now let's talk about this up here. You know he's going to call us to, he's going he's to call his believers. You know that. I hope you know that. That's what it's saying. He's going to call us. He's going to call us. By death here upon earth, or is it going to call us in the sky? It's called the rapture. But we have so much to look forward to. Andy, do you have anything?
0: I just had one one point on the last verse in First Corinthians. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even. All, even as also I am known. Just take the first part of that verse. Now, when on earth, we see through glass darkly, for a mirror per se. Mm-hmm. We see through a mirror and we can't see clearly. Then when we go to heaven, we see ourselves as Christ sees us. Mm. We look in that mirror and we see the face of Jesus Christ because he covered our sins with his blood. And we look in the mirror and see Christ and see perfection yeah I think that's something important to notice,
1: yeah, I think that's an excellent point. do you have anything else
0: no that was that was just the first thing I saw on that, and I yeah. thought that was interesting. You covered everything else uh all the everything I was thinking of you were covering really well um, in the other two points we just covered uh,
1: I do want to mention one thing um, today's Tuesday where this is the podcast for Wednesday
0: we record the night before yeah
1: um and uh it was uh, I was told this morning on uh Facebook that uh Ravi Zacharias passed away this morning mm. and I just want to mention uh what a blessing his ministry has been to the Christian believer today and I don't want any bitterness out there with the people um, but he he definitely, he was one of the leaders or one of the people that has spoken to my son through apologetics. And, uh, you know, I, I i thank him. I know he will live on through his uh, human written word, <laughs> if I could put it that way. Yeah. I don't want to set anybody up on a pedestal, but I do have to appreciate a man of God and the work that he does for God, there's mm-hmm. there's a respect there that that we we have to respect, we have to give thanks to, mm-hmm. and uh, I just want to close on that because I think, uh, you know, I I think there's gonna you know he made a huge impact on just some of the books and re- some of the reading. I, I know you read a lot more books of him than mm-hmm. I did, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen your apologetics mm-hmm. and how you defend the Word mm-hmm. and how you dissect it and uh you know i i I, you know i never got to meet him face to face Mm -hmm. but um you know i just want to say publicly you know i want to thank him yeah for for that
0: i think when it comes to being a christian oftentimes we're very defensive of the way that we believe and anyone who disagrees on any particular point even slightly has to be alienated in every way and I think uh, Ravi Zacharias was a good example of he when it came to things that didn't necessarily concern salvation directly Mm -hmm. you know it he, he he really didn't it didn't bother him too much if you disagreed with him slightly he still wanted to talk to you he still wanted to tell you about what he believed to be God's word and he, he relished disagreement a lot of times, and, you know, some people didn't like him for that, mm-hmm. but I think he was a good example of even when you disagree with someone about what you believe, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have to totally disregard what they say, because even when you disagree with someone, they could still be right in some things they say.
1: And, you know, um, I was reading with some of the commentary today, and I think I would probably say maybe nine out of the ten or seven out of the ten. I know that's a big percentage difference to some mathematical individuals out there, or one listener who's a mathematical Ph.D. holder. Um, but they all say that he had a, a gift of delivering with love. hmm uh-huh. And, you know, like you said, when if it was off the subject of salvation, I mean, I've heard him talk on salvation. There's no question about it. He would, he would hammer it out. Mm-hmm. But on other topics, it was, it was a very compassionate conversation. It was a two-way conversation that, you know, a lot of people can't have a two-way conversation. Yeah. They just want to have a one-way conversation, especially when they're trying to prove their point. Yeah. And he, he was very skilled in the, the communication. And one of the things, and I know you mentioned to me, and I read about it earlier. Um, one of the things he loves, he loved the King James Bible, mm-hmm. but he didn't it, read it. He <laughs> didn't read it because of the fact that this English wasn't his first language. I think it was his second or third language. Second or third, second or third language. So, uh, for him to understand the English text. Uh, because it wasn't his first language, he read another version, which I, you know, uh, which I, I, I was like, you know what? I never thought of that. If this is your second or third language, yeah, Old English is pretty tough, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it, he wasn't taking it on the thesis of, you know, Hebrew or Greek or he didn't yeah. go into the whole, you know, debates of everything. He just said, look, this is my third language. It's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I know he's in a better place. Um, I pray for his family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know God has a plan to fill in that void. So there's probably a little boy tonight pr- uh, studying his Bible and praying and uh you know god's called that person to uh fill that void so i just uh i thank you all for listening and uh you know as always share our podcast to as many people as possible uh also become a follower get a fo- be- click on that follow button if you're a follower you get to listen to us monday through friday what a blessing and uh join us on faith baptist el paso Dot org, dot .org. faithbaptistelpaso.org that's our church's website and uh you we did have our very first bible study on Tuesday which was yesterday if you listening to this Wednesday podcast it went well we had a a couple uh about a handful of people show up we would like to have a lot more if you would like to join our bible study again this is open to anybody all that I ask you to do is just go to our uh, Faith Baptist Facebook page and uh, click on the video on how to enroll. And uh, uh, have a good night. That's all I'm going to say for today. Or Have a good day. As always, God bless.